0: Good day, and welcome to The Climate Report, broadcasting and podcasting exclusively here on KVMR-FM and at KVMR.org, every second and fourth Thursday at 6.30 p.m. I'm Martin Webb. Of course, this week's headlines are dominated by the IPCC's sixth report, that's the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change convened by the United Nations, who has been issuing reports back since 1988 And this one has taken years to put together and has confirmed, generally speaking, what has been observed, which is that the impacts of the climate crisis that have been predicted have begun. They are worse than expected. They are faster and more extreme than expected and accelerating faster than expected. We're going to highlight however, what's most interesting and salient to those that live close to the radio station and in the California listening area and all across the West. And that is the parts that focus on three things that are dominating our current lives, heat, drought and fire, which together are three separate things. Droughts don't always occur during high temperatures. You could have a drought in the middle of winter You could have reasonable temperatures and still have a drought. You could also have extreme heat and not a drought. You could have a very wet winter and then just also happen to have a hot summer. But when you mix extreme heat with extreme drought and fire it is a mix that the research is now showing is quite dangerous for the future here in California. Going to read a piece written by Gabriel Cannon, as part of Climate Covering Now, a international consortium of up to 400 newsrooms working together to get climate news out to the world. This was published in The Guardian. It says, heat, drought, and fire, how climate dangers combine for a catastrophic perfect storm. It's a bit long of a piece, will be the first half of the entire show, but my hope is that people will be able to listen to these key words for us here in the area. It says Northern California's Dixie fire this last weekend swelled to become the single largest fire incident the state has ever recorded. A mammoth that has leveled mountain towns, produced flames that shot 20 stories in the air and scorched through over 500,000 acres says Rick Carhart, the public information officer for CAL FIRE, it is just the perfect storm, adding that the difficult and steep terrain, parched vegetation, and hot, dry weather had all come together to fuel the conflagration that has sent flames 200 feet into the sky. And, he says, the Dixie Fire was just one of a series of large blazes that have affected the area in recent years. He says, quote, it has been giant devastating fire after giant devastating fire. Well, researchers are concerned that the Dixie fires record won't hold for long. The parched landscapes and increased temperatures that set the stage for bigger blazes this year are not anomalies, they are trends. And the conditions are going to get worse. It's a climate crisis trifecta. Drought, extreme heat, and destructive infernos are each devastating in their own right, but together they cause calamity. The combination augments their effects, and causes each individual condition to intensify. Scientists say they are seeing the trifecta more frequently in the U.S. West and that climate breakdown is the key culprit. Says Park Williams, a hydroclimatologist at UCLA, this is what climate scientists have been warning about for years now. Drought and fire have always been part of the climate in the Western US, but increasing heat, which scientists say is directly attributable to human-caused climate change, has had a devastating impact. William says, these things amplify each other, adding that the effects exponentially increase. The climate conditions don't act alone and fire and water policies play a part in increasing risks and determining the outcome as well. Most fires are still started by people. The expansion of communities in forested and fire-prone areas like where KVMR is located adds new dimensions that complicate containment efforts when blazes get big. But what's happening in the environment around us has made fires much harder to fight. That's why new records don't just nose out the old ones, they obliterate them. In 2020, the 4.2 million acres that burned in California was nearly triple the previous record. So far this year, fires have burned more than three times as much as last year's record. That was three times the previous record by this point in 2020, according to CAL FIRE. Williams, the hydroclimatologist at UCLA says, and there's really no end in sight for the capacity for that type of thing to happen again. It's a vicious cycle of heat and drought. Drought, of course, is a lack of precipitation but heat affects drought in several ways higher temperatures cause any precipitation that does fall to fall as rain rather than snow then snow that does fall melts away much more quickly leaving less to trickle into streams rivers and reservoirs people plants and animals depend on the snowpack to feed the water systems and with less available the landscape and anything living in it or off of it will feel the strain heat also bakes any moisture that is still there right out of the landscape the hotter it is Also, the more water that plants and animals need in order to regulate themselves, and that increases overall water scarcity even further. What makes all this more complicated is that the relationship works negatively in the other direction as well, unfortunately. Drought conditions also increase heat. According to Andrew Howell, a meteorologist for NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's Physical Sciences Laboratory, he says heat is both a response to drought and also a driver of drought. Because dry soils radiate and reflect the sun's energy that otherwise would have been used in evaporation of moisture off of the surface of the soil. Well, that pushes surface temperatures even higher. NOAA meteorologist Howell says, Just like when we get cold, when we climb out of a swimming pool due to evaporation of moisture off of our skin, the earth cools off when water evaporates off of its surface. So when soils are dry though, when it's hot out, there isn't as much water available to evaporate. That means the earth doesn't get to cool off. That's why Howell calls climate change a threat multiplier. As the region becomes hotter and drier, the risk of small sparks quickly igniting into enormous and erratic wildfires magnifies. Well, that's heat and drought. Fires add another dimension to the threat. New research also suggests that the wildfires themselves will increase drought and heat, adding a new dimension to the catastrophic cycle. Researchers right now are discussing hypotheses, Howell explains, that smoke and aerosols released into the atmosphere by wildfires can alter weather patterns. There are already studies that show wildfires influence the formation of clouds in the sky. We see that with the Dixie Fire but the studies show that could actually decrease precipitation. Howell said it is very dynamic and very complicated, but that's where we are going as a science community. We are trying to figure out how wildfires feed back onto drought, he said. Researchers are also investigating how reduced canopies from forests decimated in fires now expose the snowpack that was once shaded to the sun on the ground. Although more research is needed to better understand these complex relationships, the scientific record is now clear that rising heat will lead to an increase in extreme events. According to the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change in its sixth report released on Monday, said, quote, global surface temperature will continue to increase until at least the mid-century under all emissions scenarios considered. And as an aside, what they're referring to, of course, is they've looked at projections of various scenarios. What's the best case scenario? If everyone from top to bottom, little to big, put on the brakes as quickly and as best they could, versus worst case scenario of business as usual, continuing to consume more and more every year. And what they said again is global surface temperature will continue to increase under all emission scenarios considered until at least the mid-century. The report went on to detail and list the expected increase in both frequency and intensity of hot extremes, ecological droughts, as well as the reductions in Arctic sea ice, global snow cover and permafrost along with other catastrophic conditions. The report said of North and Central America, under all future scenarios and global warming levels, temperatures and extreme high temperatures are expected to continue to increase, attributing the rise directly to human influence. Well, models show that extreme heat waves are expected to happen more frequently, more intensely, and across larger areas of land in just the next three decades. Said Steve Ostoha, director of the USDA California Climate Hub, historically, we have had between four and six extreme heat events in any year here in California. By 2050, we expect that number to go somewhere between 25 and 30 events a year. That's a huge difference. That basically means it is going to be that hot all the time. Well, there's no time to lose. The trends are already being felt currently about half of the contiguous u.s is in drought according to federal agencies the entire state of california is experiencing drought conditions with more than 88 percent of the state in extreme drought category meanwhile dozens of climate stations across the west documented what was the warmest june and july on historical record ever as extreme heat waves spiked temperatures across the region. Stressed ecosystems have already become more vulnerable. The disasters have taxed trees, which are being ravaged by diseases and pests. Studies show roughly 150 million trees died in the last period of drought and billions of creatures living along the West Coast perished during heat waves just this summer. Climate scientists say that there is still time to make big changes, and there's a chance that the worst effects of the changing climate can be staved off, but there's no time to lose. In the West, the wildfires, drought, and heat are already wreaking havoc. Williams, the climate scientist from UCLA, says there are clear indications that places like California won't look like they do now for much longer. The landscape is growing arid and as it gets drier and hotter, there will be more fires. That will lead to fewer forests and more grasslands shrublands, and deserts. The climate scientist said fire has been around for hundreds of millions of years, and it is a critical part of the earth's system. But the fires of the future will do much more than just clear some underbrush. He said, now the fires we are seeing are eliminating giant patches of entire forests completely. He added, explaining that many tree species had not evolved to repopulate such giant gaps quickly. The piece concludes by saying Williams, the climate scientist from UCLA, quote, it could take hundreds of years for Ponderosa or Jeffrey Pine, which we see a lot of in the Sierra Nevada to actually reoccupy giant patches of forest. By that time, he said though, the climate might be totally inappropriate for those species here anymore anyway. We'd also like to put some focus now on what's happening in the rest of the world regarding heat waves and fires because it's easy to get caught up in our immediate threats and crises and forget what is also occurring elsewhere as recently in the very first series of extreme heat waves, Canada, of course, set its historical record, approaching 120 degrees Fahrenheit. And now just yesterday, the highest recorded temperature ever, not just in a European country of Italy, the whole entire of Europe, um, almost uh, hit 120 degrees, 119.85, let's call it 120. Now that's the highest temperature in European history, and keep in mind European History does go back a very long time as far as mathematically recording temperatures, so it's quite a big deal. And this finding comes amid a fierce heat wave that is stretching across the Mediterranean all the way into Africa, Tunisia, Algeria. And fires have been blazing across much of the region for more than a week, accompanying the heat wave. Italy's government has declared a state of emergency. That's where the 120-degree mark was hit. The previous mark was set almost half a century ago in Greece in 1977 of 118 and a half degrees. Turkey and Greece have also been hit by devastating fires as well. Scott Duncan, a Scottish meteorologist, said that more heat records were inevitable for Europe. He continued a dangerous heat wave spanning much of North Africa and into Southern Europe is unfolding right now. And then the focus of that heat wave will shift west and north more into Europe slightly in the coming days. Well, the extreme heat in Europe is the latest unwelcome record to strike the entire northern hemisphere of the planet this summer. Temperature records have not just been broken slightly, but been smashed, for example, in Canada, almost 10 degrees higher than the previous record. Records have been set all over the western half of the U.S., as well as other places in Europe, Finland, Estonia, Turkey, Moscow. Unprecedented floods have swept through Germany and parts of China. Record wildfires are blazing in the Siberian taiga, the world's biggest forest. And in Russia's Sakha Republic, forest fires have released 208 megatons of carbon this year alone, almost double last year's record according to the Copernicus Atmosphere Monitoring Service. Well, climate scientists have long predicted that fossil fuel emissions from vehicles, factories, and deforestation would lead to more extreme weather. And the latest report by the UN's IPCC, released on Monday, said that the link was now unequivocal and irreversible, and that worse impacts could be reduced if people and governments acted quickly. Frederica Otto, an associate director of the Environmental Change Institute at Oxford University, said extreme weather, and particularly extreme heat, was being seen across the world. Quote, climate change is already here. There are things we can stop from getting worse, but there are a lot of changes that are already here. Well, all eyes are now on the United States and President Joe Biden as the U.N. climate report raises the pressure on him to seize a rare moment. This stark U.N. report on how humanity has caused unprecedented and in some cases irreversible changes to the world's climate has heaped further pressure on Joe Biden to deliver upon what may be his sole chance to pass significant legislation to confront the climate crisis and break decades of American political inertia. The U.S. president said the release on Monday of the IPCC report showed that we can't wait to tackle the climate crisis. The signs are unmistakable, the science is undeniable, and the cost of inaction keeps mounting, he tweeted. The IPCC report developed over the past eight years by scientists who combed over more than 14,000 studies, shows that the U.S., like the rest of the world, is running out of time to avoid disastrous climate impacts, with a critical global heating threshold of 1.5 degrees Celsius to be breached far earlier than previously expected, potentially within the decade said Linda Mearns, an IPCC report co-author located in Boulder, Colorado, which has been baked in extreme heat and wildfire smoke in recent weeks. She said, this is not a future problem. It's a problem now. I'm literally seeing climate change out of my window. Climate change is in my lungs. Mearns, who has been involved in IPCC reports since 1990, said that the latest iteration was very thorough and disturbing and demanded a strong response. She said, I'm not sure what will be required for people to get it, but my hope is that it will galvanize everyone. Scientists have called for their repeated warnings over the climate crisis to finally be heeded by U.S. lawmakers, but that has so often been eclipsed by political intransigence or falsehoods spread by the fossil fuel industry. Said Kim Cobb, a climate scientist at Georgia Tech, there's really one key message that emerges from this report. We are out of time. Several climate impacts are now locked in, according to the report, even if planet heating emissions are severely cut, including a guaranteed global sea level rise of at least a foot and a half by the end of the century. That's children born today turning 70. A foot and a half of extra sea level rise, even if all the brakes were put on. However, that increase could even balloon to seven feet if the Antarctic ice sheet collapses more quickly than expected. Side note, all of the impacts so far have been happening more quickly than expected. Even a foot and a half of sea level rise across the globe by the end of the century will imperil coastal American cities who are already struggling with increased flooding today. And the U.S. West is now racked by prolonged drought, extraordinary record-breaking heat, and enormous wildfires. And the IPCC report warns all of these phenomena will get worse. After such a heavy dose of serious reports. Wanna make sure that we end the climate report with some hopeful messages. Going back to the Guardians reporting and they're sharing it with the covering Climate Now network of worldwide news desks. They spoke to several different climate experts and asked them what gives them hope. We'd like to highlight two of them in order to end today's show. The first is Dr. Joel Gergis an award-winning climate scientist and writer based at the Australian National University. Their contribution is entitled, There is Still So Much Worth Saving. In the aftermath of the release of the latest IPCC report, it's very easy to feel crushed by a barrage of unbearable realities. But as one of the scientists involved in the report, I want to say that humans have the inherent goodness to turn this around. Over the past three years, 234 scientists from 66 different countries worked around the clock throughout ongoing waves of a deadly coronavirus pandemic to complete the most comprehensive global report on climate change ever compiled. We all volunteered our time, working thousands of unpaid hours, attending meetings involving brutal time zones, while navigating the demands of our regular jobs and domestic lives during lockdowns. Why did we do this? The answer is simply because we care. We care deeply about protecting our extraordinary planet and all life on earth. Many of us realize that we are the generation that is likely to witness the destabilization of the earth's climate, that the people alive today will determine the fate of humanity. Being part of a group of scientists from every corner of the world, working together to try to avert a disaster at this critical moment in human history changed my life. It taught me that when we align behind a collective vision guided by strong leadership, no matter how unsurmountable the challenges feel, anything is possible. Ultimately, we only really have one choice to make. To stay connected with people that restore our faith in the goodness of humanity or fall into an abyss of cynicism and despair. It really is as simple as that. You can choose to be a person that restores someone else's faith in humanity and do what you can where you can, even when all feels lost. Because once the despair has passed, we need to remember that there is still so much worth saving. How bad we let things get is still up to us, the apocalypse, is not a done deal. That was Dr. Joel an award-winning climate scientist and writer based at Australian National University and part of the IPCC. We'd like to close out, though, by the response from Joseph Moiono colio Greenpeace head of the Pacific. His response is entitled, Resilient Pacific Peoples Won't Give In to Despair. As a Samoan, the IPCC findings weren't surprising, but no less hard to stomach. The warning for the Pacific could not be more urgent. Despite this, resilient Pacific peoples won't give in to despair, not with so much at stake. We resolve with hope to fight on. We are already bearing the impacts of climate change, so we have no choice but to hope and to fight. Otherwise, it's our children and grandchildren who will pay and our islands and cultures lost. But we don't have the luxury of giving up, tired and fatigued as we already are. Our young people have long led the climate fight, knowing full well what is at stake. Their courage continues to inspire. Neither have our leaders backed down, despite the, at times, patronizing disregard that their counterparts from the high-carbon-emitting wealthy countries like the U.S. and Australia have shown towards the climate crisis we face. Pacific leaders are a powerful voice, and we will continue to pressure the world to lift its ambition using every diplomatic, financial, and legal avenue at our disposal. We come from a legacy of fighting against the odds, against empire, colonialism, plague, slavery, nuclear testing, and now climate and justice We're not about to back down and lose hope. Not now. And so it must be now that our fight becomes the world's fight. Against all odds, we convinced world leaders to strive to limit heating to 1.5 degrees Celsius under the Paris Agreement. And now, the world has seen the wisdom of this. They will continue to see the wisdom in our struggle and the hope that fuels it. That's Joseph Moono colio Greenpeace head of Pacific, on what gives him hope. That's all for today's Climate Report, broadcasting here on KVMR-FM and at kvmr.org every second and fourth Thursday at 6.30 p.m. I'm Martin Webb. For more news and views in between broadcasts, including tips on personal action and post-show links to today's news, you can find the Climate Report page on Facebook. Feel free to also email climatereport at kvmr.org.